0: Before you're seated, before you're seated, I'm, I'm, I love being here. Last time I was here, I just had the time of my life and I fell in love with, with, with the leadership here. And, and now, Pastor Johnny and Pastor Jamie, I mean, they're just simply the best. Give it up for the best pastors on the planet, please. Pastor Johnny and I, we saw each other recently. We were hanging out in Puerto Rico. And, um, and so we had some, some good time there in Puerto Rico. and well, we didn't eat mofongo or anything of that sort, right? We can, next time we go, I got to introduce you to mofongo. If you've never spoken in tongues, you will. Especially with the garlic. But anyway, back to the point. <laughs> Honored to be with you. Like, who does this on a Monday with so many people? You, you guys are weird. Um, because very few churches have the, the capacity... There must be something going on in this church for so many people to turn out. Before you're seated, I just want you to make one, one, one declaration. There's two things. There's just a, please uh, just make room. I was seated there and I just heard something in my spirit, and, and if it resonates with you, amen. If it doesn't, just pass it on to your neighbor. Uh, this is just for someone here. Your September was intense. Your September was difficult, there was so much warfare, you were even questioning why the mood swings, why the angst. Your September battle has everything to do with your October harvest. If that's your word, just give God a praise like it's you. And and one last thing before you take a seat, I just want you to make this declaration to your neighbor. Look at the person you like the most, find them right now, go ahead. The one you like the most, not the one you barely tolerate, but, but the one you like the most. And look at that neighbor and tell him, neighbor, the size of my praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took me out of. Let's do that one more time. The size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took you out of. If God took you out of a little hell, you give Him a little praise. But if He saved you, if He delivered you, if He healed you, if He turned you around, and placed your feet on solid ground, then you give up the highest. Woo. Here's the word of the Lord. Here's the, I'm going to share with you what my assignment tonight. It's, it's a little bit different, but you're going to make room for it. Because we're, we're living in these kind of times. Man, we've, I've never in all my years have I ever seen, I just came back from South Africa. Literally, so I'm jet-lagged. And then I'm en route to Korea tomorrow. And so if I take a nap in the middle of the sermon, wake me up. But I've never seen the, the amount of, like the, you know, the, the, the spiritual level, the intensity of the warfare. Everything, I mean you know the, like the devil released all the kraken simultaneously and there's a reason for this and let, let me biblically contextualize it if you have your bibles first kings 19 2. this is this is crazy this is crazy this is after hashtag best season ever the prophet Elijah's having what a time I mean, the man prays for a drought, drought. He gets together, prays for fire, fire. He prays for rain, rain. He runs against a chariot wearing Adidas. I mean, wearing whatever he was wearing. The guy, the king in the chariot, a Maserati, and the guy runs, the prophet, the prophet gets there first. Hashtag best week ever. And then this happens. Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you as you killed them. I call it Jezebel's tweet. It. it, it She, she made a proclamation. She issued a declaration. In today's culture, it would be done via the conduit of a tweet. And in 24 hours, you will die. She prophesied. She even put a, a, a timestamp on it. In 24 hours, by this time tomorrow, I swear by my God, you will be dead. Except what she never fully understood is that She was speaking to a man with a mantle. So I wanna speak to you briefly on the subject matter, the threat versus the testimony. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. I want you to tell your neighbor before you're seated, when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Tell your other neighbor, the one you barely tolerate, when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Hell cannot stop it. You may be seated, you may be seated, you may be seated, you may be seated. What a declaration. What a declaration. Her husband Ahab, the king of Israel, comes back and tells, relays the entire story. Hey, Jezebel, listen, your team, your your de facto, your de facto praise and worship team, your team no longer exists. The life insurance policies kicked in simultaneously, which means they're gone. This is the prophet. Right now, we find ourselves in a similar state. We, we find ourselves under more threats than ever before. There are so many Jezebel, Ahab, and Baal spirits threatening our family, our homes, our marriages, our ministries, our callings, our faith. And boy, are they ever coming after our children and our children's children. There is an assault from the pit of hell. What we need to do is activate the mantle. The mantle that you and I have is not a piece of cloth. It is an anointing. That anointing is not a drop of oil. First John 2:20 says, 2.27, the anointing is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. The most powerful people on the planet are not the people with fame and fortune and followers. The most powerful people on the planet are people anointed with the spirit of Almighty God. We have a mantle. Repeat after me. I have a mantle. I am convinced and convicted that 1 Kings 18 and 19 speaks to this very hour. I believe that spiritually speaking, we are living in the days just like the days of Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal. Same days. We cannot define. Listen, here's the story. We can't deny the following. Ahab, Ahab, to put it in context, if you're not privy to the story. Ahab was a mucho malo hombre. He... That's that's how he's described in California. Uh, And the spirit of Ahab is alive and well, robbing love, killing joy, destroying peace. Ahab represents forces with access and authority, attempting to prompt us to sacrifice truth on the altar of political expediency. In 1 Kings 16, 34, Ahab, a bad king, Ahab was the first king to give permission for the rebuilding of the walls of Jericho. No one ever had the audacity to ever do that before. Who would dare to be? But he did. Ahab said, I'm going to rebuild what God knocked down. I give permission for you to rebuild it. There is an attempt in America to reconstruct and rebuild walls that God already knocked down. Walls of separation between groups be it ethnicity social economic backgrounds there is an attempt to rebuild what god has already knocked down the spirit of ahab is alive and well ahab was married to a woman her name was jezebel and she was nasty on steroids que el señor la reprenda esa mujer let me let me translate that in english que el señor reprenda esa mujer the spirit of Jezebel, no joke is alive in a well, persecuting, prosecuting, and attempting to silence the children of the cross. Jezebel represents the manipulative, sexually coercive, perverse, corrupt cultural spirit with full intentionality to kill the prophetic voices. If you are prophetic, Jezebel will come after you to silence truth and construct Asherah poles in order to marginalize the oracles of righteousness and justice a spirit that exploits the moment when we are exhausted. And if you think that's old testament, you're wrong. Revelation 2:20. Even good Christians, we are warned in Revelation that even good Christians are susceptible. This one thing I have against you. Read it. You guys are great with your outreach. Great with your missions. But this one thing I have against you, you have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. Oh, Padre ayúdenos en el nombre de Jesús. The spirit of Baal is alive and well. This one, they all irked me, but this one. Demanding that truth and children. In the Old Testament, Baal, that false god, the ideology, that social construct, required sacrifice of children, of the innocent. That spirit of Baal is alive and well. Not just in the womb via the conduit of abortion, but through violence in the streets. And not only through violence in the streets, the spirit of Baal has now infiltrated our schools, infiltrated our public sphere. If, they, if the enemy can't kill our kids in the womb or in the streets, he's trying to kill them via the conduit of ideologies that will bring about the death of God-ordained purpose. God-ordained, we need a church In the name of Jesus, that has the audacity to actually raise your voice. And and with the anointing of the Holy Spirit say, Hey, get your hands off our children in the name of Jesus. These spirits are alive and well. But let me remind you, I referenced this last year regarding Messy Miracles. I want to remind you not to drink the Kool-Aid. There is a Hebrew exegetically extrapolated seminary endorsed phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and other terms that are politically incorrect in California, listen carefully. Right now, and I just came from South Africa, I'm seeing it. Let, Let your heart be troubled because I do believe we're about to see something glorious upon the face of the planet. I don't know you're listening to me, but you will. And for anyone who dares to push back on me and say, you know, you're preaching that positive message that God's about to show off his glory, that there's an awakening coming, there's a revival coming. You shouldn't say that, Samuel Rodriguez. Aren't you aware of the fact that we're living in the last days, son? In the last days, things are going to get dark. Listen, I'm fully cognizant of the last days list. Don't DM me. Don't put it on my Facebook page. I know what it says about the last days. I read the list from the apostle Paul to Timothy. I read the list that Jesus gave in Matthew 25 and John repeated in the book of Revelation. I'm fully aware of in the last day list. I know very well that in the last day, men and women will become lovers of themselves. We call that narcissism. I'm aware of the fact that in the last days, men and women will deviate from their natural desires. We call that California. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of in the last days. In the last days, false doctrines will infiltrate the church. In the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famine. There will be earthquakes. There will be fires. In the last days, I'm aware of it. But there is likewise a last day promise. Oh faith assembly there is a last day promise it is so big that it appears both in the old testament and the new testament Joel 2:28 and Acts 2:17 and when the holy spirit fell on pentecost the holy spirit fills peter and says pedrito abre la boca and these are the words that came out of peter filled with the holy spirit this is the word of the lord in the last days not i might not I may, not I hope to, I will pour out my spirit. If you believe that's about to happen in America, shout like you know it. We are about to see Jesus show up through his spirit like we have never seen before. Which means what? The the most powerful spirit is not Jezebel, Ahab, or Baal. The most powerful spirit is the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. There is no we are to be driven by that spirit. Galatians 5:16. We are to be filled with that spirit, Ephesians 5:18. We are temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3:16. We are defined by that spirit, Romans 8:11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That is anointed with that spirit, 1 John 2.27. We are people of the spirit. So if you say, if you, if you come back and your pushback is, but things are getting darker, things are, are emerging. What about these new social constructs and ideologies and teachings? What about these new things? It doesn't matter. Light will always overcome darkness. But what about, what about what? What about what? For every Pharaoh that rises up, there must be a Moses. For every Goliath, there must be a David. For every Jezebel, there must be an Elijah. For every Nebuchadnezzar, there must be a Daniel. For every Herod, there must be a Jesus. And for every devil that rises up against you, there is a mightier God that will rise up for you. It is the mantle of the Spirit. Repeat after me, the mantle of the Spirit. It is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. See, with that mantle, the prophet Elijah, that that powerful mantle, spiritual authority to confront the melees and the chaos of his day and age, we have an anointing. We have the mantle of the spirit. And it is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. With that mantle, the prophet Elijah went through the drought, prayed down fire, and then said, here comes the rain. I love that. And that's the pecking order, by the way. That's the chronological order of 1 Kings 17 and 18. Somebody say drought, fire, and rain. I don't want to be presumptuous here. I want to ask. I don't want to assume anything. If you've been through at least one drought in your life, spiritually speaking, relationally, financially, where things weren't growing, things were dry, at least one big moment in your life, a drought moment, a dry moment, a dry season, raise one hand. If you've been through a couple of droughts in your life, raise both hands. Oh, snap. If you've been through so, be honest, if you've been through so many droughts in your life, you've lost count. Raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many droughts and if I Google the word drought, automatically the algorithm will take me to your Instagram account. <laughs> we all go through droughts. But the chronological order of 1 Kings 17 and 18 is drought, fire, and rain. And there are people that want to go from the drought to the rain without going to the fire. Oh, the fire season. The fire season is not what you think. Growing up in a Pentecostal church, Assembly of God church, beautiful, but man, in a Spanish church, we would sing, manda fuego, Señor, manda fuego, Señor, y no con tu calor. You have no idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, so, you have no idea what you're asking for because I grew up thinking the fire of God, oh, the Lord, send your fire, Lord, send. and the fire of God makes you dance. No, no. The fire of God doesn't make you dance. It makes you get on your knees in repentance. The the fire of God is a fire of renewal and sanctification and purification. I'm going to be honest. The fire of God doesn't make you comfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. It's when the spirit of God shows up and says, I have great plans for you. But in order to accomplish these plans, I'm going to have to remove stuff from inside of you. I'm even I may even have to remove people from around you in order to accomplish. So it's it's Matthew 3:11. You should be baptized in the Holy Spirit and with He is a consuming fire. So if you've been through the season, if you've been through your drought and you've been through your fire, then if I were you, I'd put a smile on your face because the next thing coming your way. It's nothing less than abundant rain. If you believe it, shout, here comes the rain. Here comes upon you and your family and your children and your children's children, get ready. There is rain coming that will bring an end to your drought. And those that prayed with you in the drought deserve to dance with you in the rain. Uh, are there any questions? <laughs> it is it is the mantle of drought fire and rain. It is the mantle of speaking truth with love. What does that mean? It's it's truth with love. I, I I need I wish I could illustrate this is a Netflix series. This is this is it's beautiful. This is it really is a movie. Elijah comes around with the mantle and says enough is enough. He has it, I'm tired of this. He confronts God's people on Mount Carmel. Ahab has his dream team. The prophet is here, the people are here, and he has this moment where he looks out and says, y'all need to make up your mind. Which God will you serve? First Kings eighteen twenty one. Make up your mind. Who are you gonna serve now? Which is it? Will you serve the God of who? Or will you serve the God of our fathers? And the Bible says, God's people, God's children said nothing. They were completely silent. 1 Kings eighteen twenty one. So they were politically correct. They didn't want to choose sides. They refused to post in order not to alienate certain followers. So they would rather sacrifice truth in order not to... I'm gonna get in trouble, maybe not get invited again. But I've reached a season in my life where I've just la vida porque Let me lay out the rubric one more time. One more time for you. Write it down if you have a chance. If you haven't written it down, write it down. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Write that down. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Today's la complacencia de hoy es la cautividad de mañana. Number two, you are what you tolerate. There are things in your family, in your home, in your mind, in your relationship, in your generation, in your community, in our nation, that we have the power to rebuke, but rather that we have tolerated it. You are what you tolerate. Number three, truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political or cultural expediency. That's the reality right there. That right there embodies all of that. And, and so it's, the, it's, he say something and they did not. We need, we need with mantle, to speak truth, truth with love. And if, by the way, as, as a church, if all, I'm going to get in trouble. If all we do is preach love, if all we do is preach love, I know you're thinking, but that's the message. Listen, sunshine, if all we do is preach and teach love, we are California hippies. On the other side, if all we do is speak truth, we're mathematicians. But the moment we speak truth in love, truth with love, and truth for love, we change the world of the gospel of Jesus. What truth? The truth that Jesus is the only way. John 14, 6. We need to speak truth. Right now, we are, we are suffering from what is called theological promiscuity. Are there any questions? Theological promiscuity, talking about the the heretical teachings in the last days, the idea of this universal, universalistic mindset, the teachings emerging primarily in millennial led churches saying that no matter what you do, no matter who you we're all going to heaven. Oh, no, we're not all going to heaven. No, we're not. No, and you can live like hell and still go to heaven. Oh, no, you cannot. We need to rise up with truth and love and tell a generation that's drinking the Kool-Aid. No, 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 that Jesus is the only way. That you will not go to heaven unless you are born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. We need to speak the truth. Only God can make something out of nothing, Genesis 1-1. Only God can make a way where there is no way, Isaiah 43-19. Only God can restore the damage like it never happened. Luke twenty-two, fifty-one. 51, only God. Somebody say, only God. Yes. I lived this out. Let me show you something. Let me put this in context. It's my testimony. Some of you have seen it on television. I've written about it. And, and many secular magazines have covered it extensively. But I had a moment. I had a moment on my Mount Carmel where I could easily have I've, I've taken just, I could have bowed. To Jezebel's threat. A few years ago, let me digress here, to give you a store backdrop. By the grace of God, I had the opportunity of, of I've had the opportunity of serving three different presidents. Uh, I, I, if you haven't heard a story when I was close to 14 years old in the Assembly of God Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania, I had a man who prophesied over me and who called me out by name, Bernie Gallo, His name, Dean Challenge Choir Director in the 80s. I've never met the man before. And he said, I, I, there's a Sammy here in my church, a Latino church. Reverend Luis Felipe Lugo was my pastor. And he said, the guy says, there's a Sammy in this church. The guys, never, I've never met the man. This is the 80s before internet, before cars. Um, he said, there's a Sammy, a young Sammy. Sammy, he didn't say Sammy. And I want to remind you, if you ever want to prophesy in a Hispanic church, all you got to say, there's a word for Jose or Maria. You're always going to land it. <laughs> Because, I mean, you can't miss. If you want to start in the prophetic, in your Spanish church, there's a word for Jose. Okay, Jose, So, the guy shows up, and he goes, Sammy. There's a, and, and Holy Spirit, that we're, Holy Spirit, thou are welcome. He stops, and he goes, Sammy. The Lord says Sammy. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. There's a Sammy here. God has a word for Sammy. And my church, being a Latino church, primarily Puerto Rican, really quiet, um, your response is slightly racist, but true. <laughs> so, so he, he's, so hey, the church went, Ay, muchacho. <laughs> oh, that's traumatic. If that would happen for generations or millennials, they'd be in therapy for 40 years. And so I, my pastor called me out, Sammy, so I come up here and the guy begins to tell me, oh, the Lord says, this is what the Lord says. You're a boy. Now you'll be a man. Because I was 13, 14, but I was like four feet one. I was, yeah, I, I hit puberty when I was 20. And so, it is what it is. Um, so he gave me the word. He says, you're a boy now, you'll be a man. He laid out the word, right? Everything I'm doing now, everything, and I mean everything. And then he wraps up with this. And the Lord says, you will pray for presidents of the United States of America. Verbatim. There was a young lady over there who saw it. That's my wife now with 33 years. which goes to show you if you're single and God gives somebody else a word. Anyway, the different story for another day. So that's how I ended up advising three presidents because God ordained it. In spite of me, in spite of the world, he ordained it. So it had nothing to do with networks, connections, no. He ordained it. So I I had the privilege of advising President George W. Bush and then President Obama. Uh, For President Obama, I spoke at his inaugural prayer service at St. John's Episcopal Church in 2008. I, my, I had the privilege myself: T.D.J. Shalonda Adams, Charles Blake, Rick Warren. But it was the private ceremony. And then fast forward years later, 2016, uh, President Trump gets elected. I'm driving with my wife uh, from a, a, a Puerto Rican restaurant, a Puerto Rican restaurant in, in San Francisco, where we did eat mofongo curio. It's a true story. I'm not making that up. Um, and so we were driving down on Route 80 when all of a sudden I get a call and the call says, unknown number. I usually ignore that. I do, God knows, because it's marketing, right? Or the IRS. <laughs> and now they're armed, <sighs> so I'm scared. <laughs> so I usually ignore it. Holy Spirit says, pick up the call. So I'm driving to my wife on the 80, going back home, unknown number, pick up the call, boop. We're looking for Reverend Rodriguez. I really thought it was the IRS then when I heard a voice, I said, may I help you? We're calling you from the Senate Inaugural Committee the presidential transition team, the president-elect would like you reverend to participate in the inauguration. So I'm, I thought it was not, I thought it was my cousin from the Bronx or something. I thought, you know how you have cousins? No, you don't, you don't, you don't have that kind of cousin? Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Is that you Paco? (laughs) But it wasn't. So, so he goes, he goes, Reverend, the president-elect. Elect. So I go, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. I am honored beyond words. What would you like me to do, sir? The president-elect would like you to participate. And I said, great, I'm honored. What would you like me to do? He says, participate. <laughs> so I'm looking at my wife here, you know, and I'm going, um, w- would you like me to pray? Guy goes, Yes. So I go, would you like me to read scripture? The guy goes, why not? (laughs) The the pastor in me went, would you like me to raise the offering? (laughs) But I didn't. Thought about it, but I didn't. The guy goes, whatever you feel in your heart to do. And, And I'm going like, whoa. So so I'm trying to find out if it's a small ceremony or the big one, the one in front of a billion people around the world. And I go, so like where, what? He goes, you're asking. It's the one on the Capitol steps, the one where it will be approximately one billion people around the world watching and all that. And and I'm going like, wow. So I just, so he said, all right, Reverend, listen, you have to be sequestered. The Department of Justice has to, and we've been through that vetting process four times. So he went like, you know, you have to go. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. What's your email? And you're gonna get a call from the FBI. I get all that. Okay, fine, fine. And, and then he goes, "All right, so we'll." See. I go, "Wait." He goes, "What?" And I go, "I need some time." He goes, "Pardon me?" I go, "Sir, I need some time to pray about this." He goes, "Sorry." I go, "Yeah, I, 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 I need to, I, 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 I need to, I need to pray about this." He goes, "You, you, you need to pray about this?" I go, "Yes, sir." awkward silence how much time do you need <laughs> and I'm going with my fingers now my wife Eva no longer looking at me so I go like three weeks the guy goes you need three weeks to pray about this I go yes sir awkward silence again he goes I guess I'll call you back in three weeks I go, yes, sir. He goes, thank you. I go, no, thank you. I look at my wife. I go, Eva, call our, our intercessor pastor, our prayer pastor, Pastor Carla. We need to pray on this. She's not looking at me. I go, honey, look at me, please. This is, did you hear this? She's not looking at me. When a Puerto Rican woman ignores you, it's not just the garlic from the mofongo, baby. She finally turned around and I go, honey, we got a, can you believe this? She goes, she nodding her head like this. I go, what's wrong? Why aren't you, why were you, I mean, and she goes, what are you doing? I go, praying. She goes, what are you doing? I go, praying. You see, because our church is 40% white, as I mentioned last year, 40% black, 20% Latino and Asian. It looks like heaven. I'm thinking if I do this, I'm going to lose part of my church. I'm going to be honest. I'm thinking budget cuts. Who do I lay off? Probably the youth ministry first. The point is, untrue, never. That's the last group we sacrifice. Always the worship team first. The point is, no, 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 I'm kidding. Just the high maintenance ones. That's not the point. Usually the keyboard player. That's not the point. Never drama, just the sound team. So I'm thinking, who do I lay off? Seriously, I'm going, that's why I did it. And she looks at me and says, really? Said she, she looked at me. And she went, I was there. And I'm going, there? She goes, I go, what? She goes, I was there. I'm thinking, you were where? She goes, I was there when you were 14 years old. And the man prophesied to you. And he said you would pray for the president. You don't need confirmation whether or not it's God's will. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill your mouth and give you the right words for that assignment. So then it happened. It's my Mount Carmel moment. It's my, I have, I have, at that time we were negotiating with MTV and a couple of other networks for certain production, television programs and so forth. And, and everything was just put on hold. And all of a sudden people sat down with me, especially one particular person who said, Sammy, please tell me you're not gonna do this. Please tell me you're not gonna do this. Please tell me you're not gonna do it. Sammy, you're, God has given you a blessing, even using God, where you're both on CNN and Fox News. You know, in other words, I like both Chris Rock and Will Smith. I mean, there's so many things that we had, right? So it's like, Sammy, you, you can't do this because if you do, you're gonna alienate half the people, you know, the Lamb's Agenda book, you know, all of that. And I said, but God told me since I was a kid, I was gonna do this. And then, and then it happened. She looked at me and said famous reporter famous magazine she said sammy please tell me when you do it you're not going to mention the name <laughs> put the inauguration picture up please if you have the inauguration picture that's before i got up there obamas are here trump's are here the bidens are to my right if you have the white picture i don't know if you have it." There it is. There are the Bidens. There are the Clintons. I was seated and hiding behind the bushes. I I really was. Behind George W. Bush, I was hiding behind the bushes. It's a true story. YouTube. So I'm hiding behind the bushes. I'm about to go up. And my daughter, Lauren, youngest daughter, sends me a text. She has never disrespected me before, ever. I'm about to go up. I'm already under these threats. If you do it, you're gonna lose this, you're gonna lose that, all the the struggle, right? So I'm there, and all of a sudden, I get a text from my daughter, and the text reads this. Dad, I'm about to go up now. Dad, shut your mouth. Automatically, as a pastor and a preacher, what do you think, spiritual warfare? You know, you hear the preaching, right before your greatest breakthrough, the devil shows up right before you. So I'm thinking, this is spiritual warfare through my family, the closest people around you. So I text her back. I'm about to go up and I go, pardon me? And she answers back, dad, you're on Fox News and your mouth is completely open right now. We're watching you, the cameras. It seems I was dozing off and the back of my mouth was open. So my daughter was actually helping me out. Sam, don't do it. Sam, don't mention the name. What do you mean? For 11 years, the name was not mentioned there. For 11 years, this would be year number 12. The the name was not mentioned. With full intentionality, there was an unwritten rule that we had to stop mentioning the name. I asked the lady, but why? She went, no, if you mention the name, you're only speaking to a part, to a segment of the American electorate. And you're alienating everyone else who doesn't believe in the name. Sam, please, so help me, don't mention the name. If you mention the name, you're going to alienate more people. All the doors are going to close. On the other side, I was told, literally, Sam, if you don't mention the name and just say hope, love, worst case scenario, God, doors are going to open up. Massive doors. It was the Jezebelian threat. I had a moment. For 12 years, it wasn't mentioned. 12 years. It was the first, this is all God. It was the first time someone of my tribe, some, a, a Puerto Rican ever had that opportunity. The first time someone who has a prayer language, that's cold word for speaking in tongues. Uh, uh, the first time a Starbucks addict. So many first time there people going there. So it was my assignment. I'm trembling. And then the Cardinal from New York went up, didn't mention the name. 12 years, I go up. I looked at the cameras, and all around me, just a moment, everything I went through in life, my entire journey, I read Matthew 5. I read it. I declared it. I prayed it. It just, boof. I looked around the president's Congress, Supreme Court, the people, and over a billion people around the world, streaming on platforms live, including secular nations, Muslim nations, live. So I look at the cameras, and I'm about, I finish Matthew 5, I'm about to leave. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, Sammy, do it. Samuel, do it. Have you ever had a moment where the Holy Spirit told you to do it? Samuel, do it. In spite of my flesh, in spite of my weakness, in spite of my nervousness, in spite of the threats, he said, go ahead, do it. Do it watch me. Just do it. Do it. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get drama here. I'm going to get protesters. I'm going to get people in front of my house. I'm going to get, I'm going to get banned off social media. I'm going to, all these doors are going to close. Contracts are going to be gone. They're not going to invite me anymore here, there, there. Holy Spirit said, do it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. So the mantle is on me. The Holy Spirit hit me. Every vestige of nervousness went away. And all of a sudden I looked at the cameras, looked at everybody around me and said, yes, And I make this prayerful declaration. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to YouTube it. The president said, Amen. The members of Congress said, Amen. The crowd exploded and said, Amen. My friends around the world said, Sammy, Sammy, we heard you on the BBC. We heard you on this network. You said Jesus, you said Jesus. There were nations that for the first time heard the name of Jesus. And why did people respond like that? Believe it or not, faith, there is still power in the name of Jesus. I said there is power in the name of Jesus is salvation in the name of Jesus there is deliverance in the name of Jesus there is healing in the name of Jesus there is generational reality of blessing in the name of Jesus no other name given unto man through by which salvation has come unto all mankind but the name of Jesus somebody shout unto God if that is the name above every other name every knee shall bow lift up your hands Right there, where you're at. That was my moment. Right there. The mantle of the spirit in the face of Jezebelian threats. Say the name. Say the name. Say the name. For the sake of our children and our children's children. Say the name I speak Jesus over your family I speak Jesus over your children and your children's children I, I sense an anointing. I speak Jesus over your health, over your mind, over your spirit. I speak Jesus over this generation. With your hands raised, we're done. your hands raised. Oh, I sense the glory. That was, that was my Mount Carmel moment. Everything I've been through, So she said, do it. There's a mantle on. Do it. You have more than an experience, Samuel. You have a mantle of calling, a purpose. Do it. My grace is sufficient for you, Samuel. Abre la boca y declara el nombre. Declaralo, declaralo, declaralo. I speak that name over my grandkids now. I lay hands on them say in the name of Jesus, you will do greater things. You will do greater things you will shine with the glory of jesus to your generation you are the head and not the tail you are the righteousness of god the apple of god's eye you will do greater things say the name faith assembly get ready we're about to see the glory of jesus in america like we have never seen before we are about to see the glory of jesus in millennials generation z generation alpha they will be the greatest generations in world history shining with the Glory in the name of Christ. Do everything in the name of Jesus. Colossians 3:17. Everything for the glory of Christ. First Corinthians 10:31. Stand with me. You are standing. Look up here for a second. I'm going to pass the baton over to Pastor. Watch this. Watch this. You would assume that after he had his big day that threat from Jezebel wouldn't move you man come on you prayed for drought fire and rain and God answered and she threatens you all you have to is just logical continuity every time I pray God answers oh Jezebel threatened me you would assume Elijah would go like right because I just prayed for fire rain all I got to do is pray and you'd assume, but no. No. The moment, read it, 1 Kings 19:2. The Roman, he, he hears a threat. You know what he does? No joke, do your biblical due diligence. He leaves everything. Deuces were out. He abandons ministry and calling. He suffers from fear, anxiety, and depression. He ends up under a solitary broom tree where God has to feed him through divine intervention. He then ends up on a cliffside hiding where literally verbatim read it God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? By the way, when God asks what you're doing there you're probably lost. (laughs) What are you doing here? Why did Elijah do that? Watch this. Because the battle is between your mind and your mantle. Our biggest battle is between the mind and the mantle. Our biggest battle is between the thoughts that run through our head and the calling of God upon our lives. Our biggest battle is between memories and imagination. You get that tomorrow morning our biggest battle is between anxiety and anointing, fear and faith, drama and destiny our past and our future our now and our next but how many here know not how many hope, aspire think or feel how many know that on the cross the battle has already been won <gasps> oh I don't know, somebody should pray that the battle has already been won I said, somebody shout like the battle has already been won. Somebody worship. There's a breakthrough over your mind for you to flow fully with the fullness of your mantle. All right, that's it. We're done. Time's up. Are there any questions? 24 hours you will die. 24 hours. 24 hours came. Elijah did not die. 48 hours, Elijah did not die. Watch this. A week passed. Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a month passed? He did not die. What if I tell you a year passed? Stop. He did not. What if I tell you a decade passed? Stop for a second. What if I tell you a hundred years passed? Did not die. What if I tell you a thousand years passed? What you talking about, Willis? A thousand years passed. Did not die. What if I tell you it's been approximately 2,800 years since Jezebel prophesied, and guess who has yet to die? I can prove it. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11. Elijah and Elisha are walking together when a chariot of fire divides them and a whirlwind takes him up. The Bible says he never dies. The next we see Elijah, we see him on the Mount of Transfiguration taking a selfie with Jesus. Matthew 17:2. hey Jezebel take a look at me now. He never died. What does that mean for you? Raise your right hand. Whatever hell has declared upon you, your family, your health, your future. The opposite will take place. Oh, you missed it. I said what I sense the Lord. Whatever hell has declared upon you, the opposite will take place. Somebody should break out of the praise right about now whatever hell declared upon your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children the opposite will take place somebody shout like you know that the opposite now raise both hands let me pray over you because when heaven starts that hell cannot stop it because Philippians 1, 6, he is faithful to finish the good work he has started. Because 1 Thessalonians five twenty four, he who called you is faithful to do it. Because of Hebrews ten twenty three, rest in the certainty that he is faithful to keep his promise. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, he is faithful to protect you from all evil. Oh man, raise both hands. He's going to die in 24 hours. The man has yet to die. The man has yet to die. Your children are going to be drug addicts forever. That, that, it's the opposite. You all need to get ready. You're going to see your sons and daughters come back home like them. You're going to see something amazing. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. Ameri- America's going to go to hell in a handbasket. This is the last generation of Christians. Oh, no. We're about to see a generation rise up with the spirit of Elijah that will flip the script in America. Somebody shout, the opposite will take place. raise both hands some of you are not even supposed to be here right now you know that jezebel said you were going to be some of you should be in jail right now some of you should be in an alley getting high some of you should be in a bar getting drunk some of you should be in some of you should be six feet under but here you are it is october the year of our lord 2022 You're not in jail, you're not in an alley, you're not in a bar, and you're not six feet under. You are in faith, assembly, Orlando, lifting up the name of Jesus. Because when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Pastor, come up here, please. Pastora, por favor, pasa al frente. Pastor Jamie, come up here quickly. When heaven starts, that hell cannot stop it. Huh? I want to remind you, I want to remind you to remind her. I want to ask you a question, all the theologians here, all the scholars. Did Elisha, Elijah's spiritual son from 1 Kings 19 19, did Elisha inherit Elijah's fear? Did Elisha inherit Elijah's anxiety attack? Did Elisha inherit Elijah's oppression? The only thing we know that he inherited was his wife. I'm going to repeat to you for you to soak soaking. Your children will not inherit your drama. I oh, know you got that your children will not inherit your traumas your children will not inherit your traumas your children will inherit your testimony of faith in Jesus as the God of the breakthrough if you receive that raise your hand can you stretch out your hands a little bit just like that Elijah was pushing a plow when Elijah found him after he had that moment, First Kings 19, 19, he was pushing a plow. He wasn't binging on Netflix or swiping. He was pushing a plow. It's not a coincidence that the guy who was pushing the plow ended up with a mantle. You guys push the plow. You guys know what it is to push the plow. And you've pushed the plow faithfully on good days and bad days, sunny days and rainy days, happy days, Sundays, on days that you had all the strength in the world, and on days where you sometimes, to be very forthright, Some days you pushed the plow, and some days the plow pushed you. And there are even days people are not even aware of. You push the plow. Church, stretch out your hands. In the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Holy Spirit with fear and trembling, I say that with fear and trembling. Knowing the great legacy of faith all the years and a modern day Elijah in the context of this message would be Pastor Caro and the mantle that he carried for so many years. And now you're Elijah's because you are plow pushers. And I speak upon you right now that mantle of a greater portion of anointing that will enable you to do greater things and reap a greater harvest. Oh, let this be that day as a confirmation, something you already know a divine affirmation to this holy appointment this mantle of anointing of grace upon grace of glory to glory second corinthians 3:18 falls upon you today i'm here to tell you today in the name of jesus let go of the plow from this moment on you won't need to push the plow you will carry the mantle And as you carry the mantle, you will see God's favor upon everything you do. As you pursue righteousness, you will see God's favor like never before. Get ready. The second harvest will be greater than the first harvest. Faith, assembly, Orlando, Florida. You haven't seen anything yet you haven't seen anything yet you haven't seen anything yet receive that in the name of Jesus by the authority of heaven if you believe it give God a shout of praise real quick I gotta gotta pass over the baton If, if anybody needs to pick up their mantle and let go of their plow get out of your seat right there where you're at go to the aisle, go somewhere just jump out If this message was for you and you're ready to activate your mantle, just run out of your seat. If it's not you, just stay right there. Take a selfie, go on ESPN, check the highlights. Baseball highlights, see all that. But if you're ready, this is it. This is the mantle, the mantle of the Spirit, the mantle of truth with love, the mantle of when heaven starts and hell cannot stop it. This is it. Your life's about to change. An infusion of the Holy Spirit. That will enable you to see what you've never seen before for the glory of christ to shine for him more people will be saved through your testimony than ever before more people will come to jesus through your life than ever before you're about to shine for him ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, oh, oh. all right here it is oh everybody look up here i had to let go of i had to let go of my plow I had to, and the plow's not a bad thing. There's a season to push the plow, a season to carry the mantle. But today we're gonna to let go of the plow. So it's First Kings 19, 19. So here's what I want you to do. When I, when I say one, I want you to go like this. Hold on to the plow. When I say two, I want you to look up like this. Like there's a mantle coming your way. A fresh anointing from the Spirit of God that will elevate your God-ordained purpose to the stratosphere of his prophetic outline. You're about to shine for him, in him, through him, like never before. And when I say three, you're gonna take your plow, you're gonna cast it aside, you're gonna take one step forward. From this moment on, you let go of that plow and you give God the greatest praise you've given him in the past three years because your children will not inherit your trauma. Your children will inherit your testimony. Ready? One, grab your plow. Tell your neighbor, move over. My plow's pretty big. You got it? You know what you've been pushing, right? You know what I'm talking about. Something awesome is coming your way. Something amazing is coming your way. Something amazing is coming your way. I say your 58.8, your salvation will come like the dawn. Your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward as the glory of God will protect you and push you from behind. Something amazing is coming your way something amazing is coming your way. Everyone in your family that needs to be saved. Everybody in your family that needs to be saved. Everybody in your family that needs to be saved. Something amazing is coming your way. One, two, are you ready? Faith assembly. One, two, one, two, three. Get your mantle. 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 Grab your mantle. Grab your mantle. Heavenly Father, unleash right now. I want every single person here the fullness of a fresh infusion of Your Holy Spirit. Spiritual authority to confront every spirit of Jezebel, Baal, and Ahab in our generation. In the name of Jesus, for the glory of the risen Christ, in Jesus' name, we receive this mantle of the spirit, this mantle of truth with love, this mantle that says when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. In Jesus' name. Now give him your final shout of praise.